All right, fellas, let's do this. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the latest iteration of the Xbox Roundtable podcast. This is show number 250. I'm Invader, and we are ready to talk about all things Xbox tonight. I mean, you know, when don't we really? But, you know, we'll touch on a lot of Xbox-centric topics and, hey, maybe a few other things. Now, what will we talk on tonight, you might ask? Well, let's see here. Uh, there are reports coming uh, about IDOS Montreal assisting on Playground Games Fable. Uh, we'll definitely get into that. As well, Xbox's Phil Spencer has been on the podcast scene again, and he recently dropped some interesting little tidbits, some statements on the same Brain podcast. We will get into that, and who knows, maybe even some of Matt Booty's comments as of late. But first, let me introduce my awesome panel, as per usual, and starting off with going over to General MLD, my friend. How have you been? Hey, uh, doing pretty good. Uh, just another week. Uh, let's see. Been playing uh, Plague Tale, Persona 5, just chipping away at that. That's going to be a long game. And uh, just playing an old favorite, uh, Titanfall 2. Tried that uh, juicy 120 frame boost. And that is, oh, it's a treat to play through. So, yeah, that's been me. Looking forward uh, to all this uh, interesting topics tonight. Mm -hmm. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, man, yeah, love me uh, some Titanfall as well. That uh, that campaign, man, really, really good. Really, really Amazing. good. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Moving on down here to the Arizona man, Centurion. I know you're feeling a little uh, sync today, pal. You know, with the time changes, uh, everybody's, uh, you know, well, more adjusted, I guess. How's things going? It's going great, man. I could almost make the joke. Uh, what do you mean time change? I didn't do nothing to my damn clot. <laughs> well, just everybody else. Everybody else had to change, and then you're just kind of like, again, just you business as usual. You always have to remind me every year, year, though. Hey, the show starts an hour later now for you. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm I'm in the rebel state where nobody turns their clock forward or backwards any time of the year. The time time is just time. We don't do nothing with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny part is, I think it was what maybe two years ago or something. Uh, we didn't say anything, and then we're just like, oh, there was I, a time change. And <laughs> I showed up. I showed up for the show an hour early. <laughs> yeah, you're like, where is everybody? <laughs> Yep, I. Hey, man, freaking gotta love time zones. Yeah, the time zones weren't confusing enough, so, and then you got daylight savings time where people just start messing with their clocks. So, yeah, a little bit fun. Mm -hmm. It's always fun when you're showing up to shows early. <laughs> I will say though that I was completely knackered last night, and when I woke up this morning with that extra hour of sleep, it really, really helped. So, hey. I'll take my my wins where I can get them, right? So, why not? Uh, but that's cool, man. Great to have you here, as always. Uh, moving on down the list here, Crusader. How you doing? I'm doing great. I am uh, chipping away at three of the remaining God of War games that I haven't beaten in preparation to play Ragnarok next week. Um, I beat uh, both God of War Assumption, which is not good, and God of War Chains of Olympus, which was great, um, both this week. And so I'm getting ready for, for Ragnarok next week. And uh, yeah, Chains of Olympus marked my 82nd game beaten this year. 
Damn, very nice, very nice. Uh, yeah, it's funny, we were kind of commenting on uh, God of War Ascension earlier. Between that and uh, Gears Judgment, right? So, again, Man, like... that was a bad year. I'll be honest, I didn't mind Judgment at all, but, uh, you know, you're saying that uh, Ascension was kind of a, a letdown, to put it mildly, <laughs> so... I'll take your word for it. I'll, guys in the chat, everybody tune in. Let me know how uh, God of War Ascension is. Um, moving on down here. Oh, Shockley, buddy, I saw you pop in there. How's things at your end? Pretty good. I'm uh, ready to get into these uh, topics. I've, I think I've just been on hiatus with uh, some PlayStation games, so I definitely need to finish the 2018. I just, I'll, I'll like start playing and then I just like get sidetracked with something else and like haven't finished it <laughs> think that and her, her uh the first one uh but i need to hurry up and just knock those out so i, I know i can knock them out pretty quick so but like games like last of us and like eternal i'd knock them out super quick but for some reason i've stopped you know dropped the other two games a couple times all right all not right. sure what it is Maybe it's the thing with the little boy. Yeah, hopefully he's like less than this, or I don't know that that part. It wasn't like super annoying, but it was just like I don't know. Some of the gameplay was iffy to me, but the combat was really cool. But... All right, but I'm this one's pretty dope. So hopefully, uh, let's push through that first one, and then uh, hopefully jump on uh, Ragnarok sometime this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be honest, I still gotta try out the 2018 one. I have my PlayStation 5 currently, like, sitting in a box right now just because of my situation at the moment, but, hey, I wanna definitely give it a go, along with the new one when it comes out. So, uh, might take me some time to get to, but I'm hearing some good things, obviously, and, uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye on the reviews and, uh, what everybody says, uh, later on this week. All right, uh, just so everybody knows, uh, Timmy had a pretty busy weekend from what we're to understand, so he may or may not be uh, shooting in tonight. Um, but don't worry, he will be back next week, uh, hopefully rejuvenated, well-rested. <laughs> uh, but with that said, guys, uh, before we, we, we begin, just a reminder that we are doing a giveaway for a 20th anniversary Xbox headset. Uh, we've been sitting on it for a bit and want to give it away to a very lucky person. I know that Centurion has been eyeing it lately, so hey, you know what? To win this, make sure to participate on our uh, giveaway on Twitter. Just follow the link provided in the description on how to enter. Our contest ends on December 1st, so hey, you know what? Get act on that very quickly. Also, guys, remember to share this show out. Let everybody know that we are currently live, and hey... Give it a thumb up if you haven't already, and sub to the channel, as, again, we would really love to have you stick around. Okay, guys, uh, you know what? I think with that said, let's get right into the thick of things with our first bit of news. <clears throat> there are reports circulating regarding Eidos Montreal. According to this report, the studio is assisting Playground Games with Fable. So, I mean, again, that's very, that's some very interesting news there. And we all thought that Playground Games was just kind of doing it by themselves. But now we're getting some, uh, some rumors, some news here that, uh, yeah, we're going to have a, another big studio helping out with an Xbox game. 
Uh, Crusader, my curious Reddit investigator friend. Ooh, save that five times fast. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this to kick things off? I mean, this wouldn't be unfamiliar territory for Xbox lately, would it? Um, so, no, it wouldn't. It, you know, they, they know that they can't buy everything that they want to buy. I mean, that like, that's a they will be in a legal nightmare. I mean, right now, like they're gonna they're gonna struggle after Activision in, in its entirety, like to to buy, to buy more things. Now, one offs and stuff like that, sure, but like th there's gonna be contesting and stuff like that. So they are looking at more creative ways to do stuff, and one is partnering with studios to either act as support or to develop with or, or things like that. We right now, at least, uh you know from like good sources like the the mighty mr jeff grubb and the mighty mr jez corden we know that they have all kinds of partnerships going on with studios like uh that um project Valkyrie and, and stuff like that so we, we know that they want to work with outside studios and this is just another way of working with an outside studio now some people have said that they believe that um embracer group purchased the um both of these studios from Square Enix just to turn around and sell them to Xbox as part of like a planned deal. I think there's some elements of truth to that kind of line of thought, but that I, I don't think that that is the exact methodology or, or concept here. Embr Embracer definitely bought them because they were in a position to buy them, and Microsoft, who would very much have liked to purchase them, couldn't. Right, they they are bogged down with a much much larger deal that that uh, precludes them from from buying, and you know um, that causes a great deal of uh, intrigue though because we see that Crystal Dynamics is still working with uh, uh, the initiative on uh, Perfect Dark. Sorry, I had a long day. It's gonna take me a little while to think of some things. But, you know, we, we, we see that they're still working together on that. And now we have the other former Square Enix studio, Eidos Montreal, working with... It's said that they're working on a game in the Playground universe with Xbox. Uh, everyone is assuming that it's the, the Playground Studios game, but it it's not necessarily that one you know it could be it literally could be something as simple as like a, a remaster collection of the other one that that was not directly stated in jason Trier's article to my knowledge everyone jumped on it because the the fabled project at playground is the one that we all know about right and it would make sense if idos montreal is assisting with that because it's a new studio from playground it is literally right next door to the the original playground studio but it is a new completely new from the ground up studio that they formed to to make Fable and Eidos Montreal are veterans in the um, Western RPG space. They made Deus Ex. They most recently made that excellent Guardians of the Galaxy game. And, and so it really makes sense that they're working together. But I, I do think that it's a little... It's a little too direct to say that Embracer Group bought them to sell them to Xbox. I definitely b believe when they bought them, they saw that as a potential outcome. But Embracer Group is fundamentally an IP warehouse, right? They like to own IP, to own the IP, 
to cross-utilize the IP between their different gaming studios because there's a lot of IP under those two studios that, that's not just Tomb Raider and Deus Ex, right? There, there is a fundamentally larger amount. There's things like Gex. Gex is the probably the most famous of the small ones. And then, is it is it Soul Reaver? Is that the, is that the other game? That everyone legacy wants to of, of isn't it legacy Le of Kane? Is it legacy of Kane? You have yeah. legacy of Kane and Soul Reaver actually come from the same universe. Okay. Yeah, so they like, have you actually okay. see Kane and Soul Reaver. Okay, that that makes sense. And they're both they are both part of uh, what Idos, correct? I believe, I believe so. So yes. Okay. And Correct. and so you have these smaller, less used IPs that Embracer can just kind of use at other things. They, Embracer also has something that a lot of people don't talk about enough, and that's Dark Horse, right? They're, they're, they're the 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 yeah. visual, you know, graphic novel thing. And so to an extent, Embracer definitely wants things like Lara Croft and even the Deus Ex universe for that the transmedia. Uh, potential, right? The fact that they have another entity that could literally use that IP to make comic books, right? Lara Croft would probably make a pretty sick comic book, like a like a graphic novel. You know what I mean? It, it, it would, I, I believe thoroughly that she would translate super well to that to that thing. So there is an to to an extent, Embracer definitely wants the IP to an extent, right? Now, what, what does that extent mean? Does it mean that they sell the studios and maybe retain rights for so many years to use the IPs, or even indefinitely, you know? Maybe, maybe that they, or maybe, like, a, a first, uh, a priority in the bidding process for, like, if, if uh, you want to go out and make stuff, you know, we get, it, we'll sell this to you, but we want a priority to make these IPs and maybe even some of Microsoft's other IPs into, into comic series, right? That's a that's a business synergy that Embracer could have. You know what I mean? And on another hand, Embracer is a very decentralized company. They have like what twelve operating groups now? I think something stupid like that. And both of these um, studios are held in an operating group that doesn't have a very strong publishing entity assigned uh, associated with it. Right? There, there's things like Play On which is formerly Coke Media, which has, like, three different publishing groups under it, under Embracer Group. And there's the, you know, there, there's THQ, there's, uh, like, uh, Deep Silver, Deep Silver's under Coke Media, you know, Saber Interactive. Isn't Gearbox, Gearbox there, too? Yeah. yeah, Gearbox is another one, right? But they all have strong publishing entities associated with them. The former studios from Square Enix really don't have very strong publishing entities associated with them. They have a very weak one, right? They... They did, in fact, sell the remains of the the Western publishing division it's in its entirety for, of, like, Square Enix. Square Enix did sell that entire publishing section to um, Embracer as well. And so, but they, they also shuttered, according to that report, they shuttered a lot of that publishing uh, section, including their QA for the, for the publishing section, which leads me to believe that well, maybe they don't really want to handle the publishing of these studios necessarily by themselves. Well, how else could they do that? Well, they could they could have another one of their divisions publish them, sure. But they could also, you know, in an attempt to kind of completely diversify themselves, they can partner with someone like Microsoft for a few years and form a publishing agreement to where Microsoft will basically manage the studios for them in this division. But, like... Microsoft will own them. They will 
control them in their entirety. It would be it would be what is really what we all think of as second party. It would be the real definition of second party, right? Second party colloquially in gamer speak usually refers to an external studio making a first party game, right? Something like Ori being made by Moon Studios is what we as gamers would colloquially call second party, but as a business and like concept and as like a reporting concept, second party doesn't really exist. You can ask people like Jeff Grubb and even like Insomniac did a big spiel about it when when Spider Man was coming out. Um, the only real studio that's ever been an actual like true second party was Rare way back in the day with Nintendo, mm-hmm. where they weren't owned by Nintendo, but Nintendo controlled their entire budget and operated their um, their publishing in its entirety. And there wasn't really a con- like until Microsoft offered to buy the company, there really wasn't a concept of them working with anyone else. Like they they basically were a Nintendo company and everything but ownership. Um, and I could see a similar situation for the first time in a long time arising here with these um, with these studios, right? Where where Microsoft could form a multi-year deal to to publish the games for them. Maybe even you know I, I know like people who are associated with the platform still like to hear maybe even multi-platform. But again, Microsoft doesn't really care. It, like they they want more content for Game Pass and they want more content on their platform. It has to be. If it has to be multi-platform, they'll make it multi-platform. They'd rather have the content than have it exclusive. That's become very clear to me with the Call of Duty deal. It should become clear to everyone that that is part of the goal. The goal is to get content, however you have to get it, right? And so if they, they form a deal with Embracer, you know, hey, these studios right now, we know they aren't very fiscally um, uh, sound. We know from Square Enix selling them that they only had profit margins of somewhere between less than 1% to 3%. They were all net positive, but they were not good. The traditional AAA studio has about a 15% uh, profit margin, and these two studios weren't close to that. And it's like, hey, these studios aren't operating very well. But instead of having to lay people off and have them lose their jobs and everything, why don't you loan some of them to us? to help us co-develop our games. And then you, you have people at work, we have a contract with you so we can help create make the, the business more, um, we, we can make the, the, the business more um, lucrative. And uh, also long-term, let's think about like, what can we do for, to help you actually get their IPs out the door as well and make them more profitable as well, to create a sense of, of job stability because Obviously, that there are some problems with economics, uh, like the economic stability of these studios, because they tried to reband the one uh, section of Eidos Montreal, the the mobile div- uh, division, into its own studio, but ended up shuttering it just months later because obviously it wasn't, um, it wasn't doing well, right? Like like it, it its trajectory looked bad, and they they want to ultimately avoid as much as that as they can because they do want these studios to be active and producing content and to have the IPs actually be active and be be useful for them. Like, they don't just want Tomb Raider to just not come out. They don't just want Deus Ex to not come out or whatever the, the other new IP that they're, they're working on is. So partnering with a large partner like Microsoft, who's very interested in those IPs as well, at a, at a core level mm-hmm. and yeah maybe 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 they will sell them and flip them for a profit to microsoft in the long term that's another way to make these to 
to it's essentially long-term investing right you buy them for 200 million maybe you sell them to microsoft for 350 million after microsoft's helped build them up and basically repair the the financial stability of the studios right and maybe you retain some of those ip rights and maybe you retain or and maybe even you you come up with a partnership with microsoft to utilize dark horse and stuff like that like like there's lots of ways it can go i i just don't think it's i don't think it's as plain and simple as oh we bought these just to sell them i think that that was a concept internally that they were well aware that they could do right but not the plan well that's the thing like you said microsoft has for a while been very uh had an affinity Close. for the tomb raider yeah. ip you look at back on the 360 with the first revamped uh, Tomb Raider game there. I think it was, what, 2012? Um, you know, they had some... The 360? Yeah, wow. it, yeah, it goes back. Um, you know, they had some exclusive DLC for it, and then you look at, uh, again, Rise of, the, Rise of the Tomb Raider, it was exclusive to the Xbox for yep. a year, right? And, you know, you wouldn't put that money into a, an IP that you didn't like, so that you weren't yeah. interested in. And I, I could totally... Like, like Microsoft definitely wants those IPs in some way, shape, or form, right? At a bare minimum, I guarantee they want to try to get them on Game Pass. They, they want to form a, a, a high-level deal to get the Deus Exes and the, the, the Tomb Raiders of the world on Game Pass. I, I think that that is the core of whatever they'll do no matter what they end up doing that'll be the core of it right they want they want those ips associated in some way at least loosely with with xbox mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then again you have this situation where a very unique situation where you have even again another studio under the embracer arm uh, crystal dynamics working with the initiative on perfect dark it's, <laughs> I don't know, there's just this odd uh, symbi symbiosis of, uh, the, you know, these uh, partnerships. I just, I, don't know, I just find it all very interesting, personally. Short term, it's a great way to try and get some solvency out of the studios, because if you don't really know what to do with them and they're not being highly profitable, loaning out portions of them to work on IPs and then just getting straight money from whatever studio group you're you're partnering with that with it, it, it's a it's a smart move and both those studios are kind of in that situation right now mm -hmm. yeah no and i agree with you on that it's just again it's a very interesting uh yep. partnership there in that regard uh let's see i'm curious about other panel members thoughts on this uh, general mld i'll head to you uh again obviously this is um very interesting these reports that uh, Idus Montreal could be very well be working with Playground on uh, the Fable. Why, what's your take on it? Oh yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really good news. It's a great sign, um, and I, I know there's a lot of uh, you know people with the tinfoil hats saying uh, that the Xbox is like what is it? Embrace is just holding these studios for Xbox to gobble up at a later time. I don't know if I, I don't know if I fully buy into that, but I think it, it's pretty, it, it's, it's quite the, uh, what is it, the uh, coincidence, coincidence that uh, they got uh, Perfect Dark being partnered up with Crystal Dynamics, and now you got Idos uh, teaming up with Fable. I mean, I mean the, the the pieces are falling into place. I remember the purchase price for those teams was seemed seemed like criminally low given the talent. And like you know, like the qual the critical reception of the games uh, these guys put out. So, 
I mean, I, I guess we'll see what happens after the acquisition uh, deal closes uh, next year. But uh, more on topic with you know things that we actually know. I think this is great news because ultimately, just like with uh, Perfect Dark, this is a brand new team from uh, from Playground. Like th these guys are again, they're they're in uncharted waters. They're making a new genre of game. Now they got people, they got veterans that are on this new team, sure. But I I'm, I would assume they're still like you know they're being built up gradually. You don't just make a new uh, branch of a of a of a developer overnight. So, like Perfect Dark, uh, you bring in some veterans, get more, get more hands-on, get get some different different perspectives. I think this is good. The game will come out faster as a result. I don't see this slowing down the progress. I don't see this as being a bad thing, like some maybe PlayStation fans online are trying to make it seem. Bringing bringing in more talent, more experienced talent, is not does not mean the game is in trouble. It means the exact opposite you're going to get get this game out faster now. Instead of getting this game in maybe 2025, just speculating, we might just get it in 2024. Who knows? Like, these guys will put in the work, more hands on deck, and I think the game will benefit from it. Especially because if, if these were the guys that made Guardians of the Galaxy, I played that game, I loved it. Like, that was just a solid, all-around, well-made game. If any of that talent goes into making Fable, I think this uh, game will be in great hands. And like, uh, yeah, and like it was, it was previously mentioned, uh, before uh, Embracer could figure out what to do with these guys, okay, this is a great way to pay the bills, contract them out, you get paid this way. So I think it's win-win, and uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. Hopefully, this means that we get to see the game in action sooner. I, the optimist in me says next E3, but uh, I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping that when we do see it, it'll, it'll blow us away. So uh, I'm excited. Yeah, actually, speaking of that, I mean, I am very curious to see when we will have, when we will actually see gameplay for it, because this has been in development, ooh, I, I know, like, there was talk of Xbox, like, there were, like, things were in motion, I think, in 2018 or something like that, uh, when they first, I, I, because I think Playground initially wanted to create their own RPG, and then Xbox came to them about Fable, and then obviously they bought them out, and so on. But I would be curious, like, I mean, what, they announced it officially, what, in 2020, if I'm not mistaken? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Journey 3. So, yeah. I mean, we're coming up to 2023. I mean, I'd hope that we would see some gameplay maybe, you know, next June, I would hope. I mean, you know, it has been a while. So, no, that's just me. Oh, yeah. I would like to see some... You know, every you know everybody wants to see Fable like reappear on the stage again, right? I mean, this was a tentpole franchise for Xbox, so to have it reappear, I mean, again, I would love to see Fable. So hopefully, hopefully, we get to see some of it soon. Uh, let's see. Moving on down here, Eric Shockley, buddy, what do you think about this news that uh, Idos Montreal could be working alongside um, Playground Games here? Yeah, I mean that's. Pretty cool for uh, especially Xbox right now since they've already kind of been in a rut uh, with just like the games releasing for people they've already done deals with before, like uh, like a few different uh, studios from Ukraine that unfortunately got you know mm -hmm. fortunate events happen and that happened to be the location they're at that kind of like added to their delay on top of other games that's like first party like starfield and 
um, and Redfall that got delayed themselves. So when like all of your like some of those games should have released, whether they had to delay Starfield and Redfall, they would have had some other deals in place um, to not be a complete like donut pretty much for this year. Um, so it's good that they're you know using this uh, kind of like what they're doing with the uh, Crystal Dynamics, um, making other you know relationship and deals and uh, like co-develop co-develop uh, projects with other studios. So this way, I mean, once they once this Activision deal goes through, they'll have plenty of studios where they should never ever have a year like this past one. So, uh, but this is just going to help and ensure that. So since Sony's basically doing a lot of, you know, some some of the similar things with, well, we've seen where they tried to get, uh, I think it was Asper that was making the KOTOR remake, but they have other projects with that they've been right uh, teaming up with. Um, I think that's, forget that, uh, was it Korean developer that game it got released or it got announced for, uh, was it Project Eve initially? I forget what the new name is. Um, but they kind of took over that project. It was supposed to be coming to PC and Xbox, but now it seems like it's a PlayStation exclusive. So just tying up other deals that they have uh, is just going to make make it so game and that's what Game Pass really needs right now. Just constant, you know, quality content. Uh, this way, because you see that article from like Forbes, this, you know, <laughs> uh, last week where it was like, well, Game Pass may have, you know of the games but playstation has you know still these heavy hitter quality titles so at least things like this will help like bridge that you know gap or at least close that gap between the two because eventually they're going to have this all these investments that they've been making it are going to pay off with like you know hellblade 2 and starfield like they're going to come it's just unfortunate people think like the second they bought those studios, oh, four or five years, it should be here, guaranteed, no problem. What people forget to think about is, well, it took God of War and Horizon like close to that five, close to six years of development, but those game, those studios were already in place. Those were already like well-oiled machines, just getting right onto the next project. Whereas yeah. the, these other studios, they were just getting pulled into, you know, Microsoft's family of studios and a lot of them had to do a lot of internal upgrading their studios because they were smaller teams um so they were doing they were investing in themselves when they took microsoft's check okay cool let me let us like ramp up because now we have the resources to actually you know beef up our studio and actually make some of the projects that we've been wanting to do but couldn't because we've just been a labor horse for other studios to keep their doors open um so eventually it's going to pay off and stuff like this is just going to help keep that quality of content pumping out so it's nice to see uh, especially that maybe some of these studios that got branched off from square can get uh more work hopefully we'll just keep i'd love to see like you know more of the dsx franchise <laughs> get more you know releases um hopefully they could go back into their old uh, IPs because they have a lot of cherished IPs that people want to see. So hopefully this Microsoft has you know deep pockets. So hopefully they can fund you know some more projects that fans would want to see. So just and and that's it's, Game Pass is no better place to like you know 
get new players to like that. No, because a lot of players today are going to know what Soul Reaver or like Legacy of Kane franchise is. So Game Pass would be another great, you know, branch for people to try it out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, even I'll have to admit, like, I remember those games, but I didn't play them personally. So I can just imagine mm-hmm. a lot of like newcomers like a newer newer generation just being like well i've heard of this but like what the heck is this so yeah no i hear you i hear you eric um yeah no um very interesting situation with Idas montreal here uh centurion pal i mean i would love to hear you chime in on this um i don't know what's your take on uh, this whole studio assisting playground speculation uh I don't know. Do you believe these reports? Um, what's your take? I can't really go into too much detail more than what uh, Crusader already did. I mean, he did a really good job, but we all we all got to remember that interview with uh, Matt Booty when he said that it's actually more common practice uh, in game development now to actually have a lot of um, outsourced help uh, especially like when it came up to uh, when it came into conversations like uh, I believe the studio is the initiative, correct? Oh, yes. With Crystal yeah. Dynamics working on it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When they were talking, that funny part is they were talking about Crystal Dynamics in that conversation. So it would not shock me in the least that um, Embracer is leasing these uh, these groups out, these studios out. I mean, let's just face it right now gaming the gaming industry as a whole is in a large uh area of shift right now we're seeing companies be bought out we're also seeing how the dynamic is changing when uh how companies are utilized to build these games uh like if you look at the initiative directly Uh, They are not a very large studio, and so therefore they hire support studios to help get get what they need done. We've seen this done with Halo. That's a conversation itself. You know, can we say that this is a good idea for gaming? That's another discussion because we've seen instances like with Halo Infinite where outsourcing too much help can kind of bite you in the ass. Um, But at least when it comes to what Playground Games is doing – it doesn't i mean let's really look at it you know they're really known for making racing games they wanted to tackle um making a game like fable and so it probably would interest them a lot to hire a support studio um at the very least on a consultation level so that way they can pick the brains of developers that have made uh, games like f- fable style games so this is completely up what matt booty was talking about when it comes to uh getting sup- studios that are in the industry to support other studios um and i mean it what would you rather have you know embracer shut down everybody um i think it's kind of interesting that embracer shut down the one studio that really seemed more focused on mobile games with mm-hmm. how big mobile is getting um, but it is really good to see that they're keeping the maybe mobile just really doesn't I'm pretty sure Embracer has studios that do mobile games, but I really f- it's kind of interesting. Maybe Embracer is just more concerned with wanting to create those big titles that really catch a lot of attention. Um, and you know, that's probably why they made the decision they did to shut down 
the ones the one studio that they did and that they're keeping these other studios alive by leasing them out all right all right that's fair that's fair um yeah uh i no i agree with you on that i mean i do find it interesting that they did like you said shut down uh uh that one studio i mean it was renamed and everything too right like it sounded like they were going to like it was just gonna be like you know a new life for them and then within yeah, a couple of months was, bam uh... Uh, formerly known as Square Enix Montreal, it was original. It was actually the was group that was turned into Oto was Otomo. Yeah, Something they were like a that, portion yeah. of Montreal. Hmm. They were they were like uh, a a section of uh, Montreal that was spun off into its own group. Well, they well Montreal. they have ED. Uh, I think they have. Oh my god, now this is where it gets freaking confusing. Don't they have e yeah, Edios Montreal and then they had Square Enix Montreal. Oh. Yeah, so yeah, the studio uh they have fellow Western Square Enix Studios Crystal Dynamics and Edios okay. Montreal. So it looks like they shut down they converted Square Enix Montreal into Atomo. Okay. And the games that they're actually known for are primarily are developing uh like Laura Croft Go and Hitman Go. So it seems like for whatever reason they wanted to can the mobile games division, uh, but we hear all this hype about mobile gaming, which goes totally against what other companies are saying about mobile games. Uh -huh. Oh, there we go. Anoma, according to Cryptosy. Thank you very much, pal. Anoma. Like, you know, that's not exactly an easy name to remember, at least for me personally. So to go from Square Enix Montreal to Anoma... Um... Wow, <laughs> doesn't exactly have a good uh, ring to it, in my. Yeah, but whatever, it got closed unfortunately. But oh, but uh, yeah, obviously you know they tried dabbling in things, but uh, that didn't work out. But uh, the studio can re reabsorb them, and uh, their talents are being put towards uh, helping Xbox out. So hey, that's good. I again, I just, I just hope that for Fable, I want it to be good. You know. Like, there hasn't been a traditional Fable game since, what, 2010? Like, yeah, it's been a while. I'll be honest, like, I didn't mind some of the offshoots. Like, eh, Fable Heroes was okay for, like, a little arcade game. I didn't even mind Fable The Journey, to be honest with you guys. I thought it had some nice touches. I know a lot of people didn't like it, but, you know, it is what it is. That's just my opinion. Um, Fable Legends, while it looked nice, you know, I played the beta, but uh, it was different. It was a lot different, and I, a lot of people felt that it was, Fable was going in the wrong direction, right? I guess you can thank uh, Phil Harrison and a few others for, uh, for that. <laughs> Um, and maybe some, uh, some certain people at Lionhead, maybe. But, um... <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I want to have a traditional fable back. So, you know, I hope we learn a lot more in the coming months and we see some gameplay. I mean, who here on the panel was a big Halo fan? I mean, sorry, not Halo, a fable fan back in the day. Oh, yeah, right here. Right? All, all about, uh, it, it's all about buying the house, raising the family, a virtual family, <laughs> all, all that stuff. It, it, it was weird. It's like a RPG mixed with, like, uh, The Sims and, like, uh, a fantasy fantasy setting. It, it, this really is not, nothing quite like that kind of game. Fable Two is my favorite. I have the three. I'd say that, that thing that really nailed nailed the formula. 
I, you know what? I, I did like them all for certain things. I do agree with you that maybe Fable 2 is the best overall one. Um, I just felt like the ending let me down a bit on it. And then Fable 3, I actually really enjoyed Fable 3, but then it was just another thing of like, I don't know. They, again, I just I came down to the ending for me too. It's like, you know, all the things that you did during the, the game did come up, but it wasn't like, I don't know. It just didn't really, you know, fulfill what I thought it would in the end, but it is what it is. Um, guys, any other comments before we move on? Any other thoughts? Yes, no? Alright. Well, you guys uh, tuning in in the chat, definitely let us know your thoughts on Fable. Are you excited to, like, you know, see it again? Uh, are you expecting it to, to see it in maybe uh, next year? Like, again, I want to see some gameplay next year. You know, it's been a couple of years now. Um, and guys, if you haven't done so already, please smash that like button and, hey, sub to the channel if you haven't already. And share this episode out. Let everybody know that we are live uh, talking, talking games, talking Idos Montreal, possibly working on Fable, and moving on to our next topic, uh, and which, on that note, we will venture into. Uh, let's see, in this topic, you know what, guys, it could lead into many different conversations, really. Uh, Xbox's Phil Spencer has been making, well, he's been making the podcast rounds as of late, uh, he's been doing a few different things with the Wall Street Journal, as we covered, what was it, last week? And he's been on Wired recently, as well as the uh, Same Brain podcast. And a few things came up during that podcast. Uh, there was some talk on Xbox first-party releases moving forward into the next year. Some Xbox hardware hints, mobile gaming talk, and, you know, just a few different things. I know that the entirety of the panel here wants to pick this apart, different aspects of things that he said... But I will start off with the general on this one. MLD, buddy, uh, what do you think about Phil's latest statements? I mean, you're welcome to talk about, you know, choose whichever part that you'd like. Uh, maybe you'd like to start off with, uh, you know, him talking about Xbox first party. He seems excited to me personally. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, th I think I might end with the first party. I, I think, like, the, the meat of what I want to say is that. Uh, but briefly, I just want to talk about maybe the, the other things he said, like... The, is speculation about hardware, new hardware coming in the future. I personally don't see anything in 2023. Maybe some internal uh, revisions, but uh, I mean, he already confirmed that there, there'll, there'll, there'll be no cloud streaming box for some time. And I also think it's too soon for a mid-gen refresh as well. So what I am really realistically hoping for though, are more limited edition bundles because we are going to get a lot of AAA games next year. I mean, we, with Halo Infinite, we had that limited bundle, but the, because of the pandemic, there were so few to go around. I wanted one. I couldn't get one. So now, um, hopefully, I think if they're smart, they'll do that with Starfield. Mm. They'll make a, make a custom bundle, like the, the, uh, you know, those wraps or, or the wraps around the Series X with a, some kind of design, make it, make it sleek, make it sci-fi, I think that that's going to create a lot of hype, a lot of desire, and if they, it really depends on what's coming out for the holiday of 2023. We know what's coming out in the first half, but the fall is still up up in the air. Some people say Hellblade is a sure bet. Um, I'm more of an optimist. I think Avowed might come too, 
if Starfield is not delayed. If Starfield stays in the summer, like June, July, I think Avowed in the fall would be uh, enough time for both games to shine. So again, in terms of hardware, uh, there's a lot of opportunity for custom bundles to come out, especially as the year goes on, supply will get better as as it's already getting better this year, as as we can see. So I'm, I'm that's, that's what I'm thinking about that. As far as mobile goes, um, I think they made their case for mobile with the acquisition of Activision and Blizzard. It is extremely ambitious what they're trying to do because we all know that mobile is dominated by the app stores of Apple and Android, and now they're, they, they want a piece of it. And hey, more power to that. So I don't know what they could really have in store, uh, how they're going to tackle that. But I think with Activision Blizzard King, emphasis on King, They'll uh, have a lot of, you know, proprietary games. Like, oh, is that the word? Yeah, either way. They'll have a lot of IP that they own mm -hmm. that can really give them an edge in terms of uh, being a new player in that app store kind of kind of market. So, I mean, we'll see about that. It, will they get that off the ground? Maybe, maybe. Maybe. If they close Activision Blizzard in the summer, they might be able to get uh, some kind of mobile co proper competition going maybe by holiday 2023. Uh, that, that's my own personal estimation. So... Either way, it looks like there's a big buildup right there. Um, but I think, yeah, first party, yeah, this, this is the real meat. Because cause Phil, Sp Phil Spencer said it himself, he is very, very much aware uh, that there is a lack of AAA first party games released this year. He knows it. Everyone knows it. Like, sure, we got As Dusk Falls, Grounded 1.0. We're getting Pentiment in a couple weeks. But uh, obviously, we, we want a bit more. And uh, delays happen. Nothing we can do about it. We all want a better finished product. And and we all say, the, hey, hey, just wait, just wait this, just wait that. 2023, it, that, that narrative will finally, finally be over. These games are finally starting to come out. All of these multi-plat contracts are almost done. We're getting Ghostwire Tokyo. That's coming next year. I think that's it for Bethesda. They're, they are totally off the multi-plat contracts. Game, people like uh, Double Fine with Psychonauts 2. And uh, what, Obsidian with Outer Worlds 1, like those multiplayer contracts are done. They're finally making exclusive games for Xbox. I think the chips are finally starting to fall into place next year. I mean, here, like off the top of my head here, you got Redfall, Forza Motorsport, and Starfield. All ideally in the first half of the year. All AAA games. Then you got what I, I, I like to call like first-party multiplats, which is like Ghostwire Tokyo, and you have Minecraft Legends coming out. Then you got uh, the stragglers here. You got the Age of Empires 2, Age of Empires 4. They're on PC, but now they're coming to console for the first time. Then you got the PC exclusives, Age of Mythology, Aura History Untold. Then if when the acquisition go, goes through, you have Diablo 4, which will which will then technically be Xbox first party. Same thing for Overwatch 2 when its campaign drops. And the later half, which I already said before, Hellblade 2, maybe Avowed, maybe some kind of publishing deal. Like, we know, was it Project Belfry, I think? Um, if I got the code name Belfry right? Belfry is one of them. Exactly, there's a yes. Few of them. Uh, yeah. There's a, the one from Brass Lion as well. Exactly, uh, yeah. There's a few we can think of right now. If that could maybe round out the holiday lineup as well. Like, I, oh, we are going to be overwhelmed, and I think that's what the Xbox should absolutely do. Like, because... You know, you kind of you got you got to make up for lat for this year and bring, bring, going into next year. And Game Pass is going to surge, uh, and the family plan will have probably. I mean, the family plan is still in beta right now. 
I don't know when they said it's going to have a global rollout, but given that we're already in mid-November, I think the family plan will be rolled out in 2023 as well. So it's going to be a big year, a lot of preparation, literally years of planning. Since 2018, all these buyouts have started. It's all coming together next year. And we you can really feel the, the anticipation. These games have been delayed, and you're hoping that they're just that much more polished when they come out, uh, especially with Starfield, because that game is that game will send a message that if you're under Xbox, these games will have the time and money required to make them right. And that will also send a positive message to any future studios that Xbox is looking to acquire down the road. Because they can easily point to games like Starfield or Obsidian and say, look, under us, these are the kinds of uh, games that, that we're pointing out. The devs are happy. They have resources. They have yeah, all this... Uh, all the stuff to fall back on like starfield has a lot a lot of weight on it more than i think a lot of people know but i think the delay shows that they're taking it seriously then we're not going to have another halo infinite kind of uh repeat you know <laughs> like sure the game was delayed but it could have been delayed more and now yeah. they know that delay the game as much as you want so long as it's ready so i think yeah uh, I'm going to feel for, for doing these interviews. He is by far the most transparent executive in gaming, at least between Sony, Xbox, and Nintendo. So good on him. Uh, I'm glad he's giving us this information. He's reassuring us. At least he's listening. And that's always good to hear as uh, fans of Xbox. So I cannot wait. But for now, of course, I'll play Pentiment, you know, round, round out the year. But 2023 cannot come soon enough. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really want to know when the uh, Xbox version of Dark Tide releases too, right? So we're still waiting on that. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. I'm thinking it'll get pushed back to into uh, the new year as well. So, uh. oh yeah, I I didn't even touch on the third party time stuff like yeah, Warhammer, Stalker Two, like oh yeah, that that's a whole other ball game. Like, yeah, it's gonna be insane next year. Mm-hmm. Where are we gonna find the time, man? I mean, I just as I was talking to the guys pre-show. I pre-ordered, because uh, there was some new info about Atomic Heart that came out this past week, and I pre-ordered the uh, limited edition bundle on the Focus Home Store. I think it has a release date for late February, if I'm not mistaken, so that's another one that's coming. So. Oh yeah, and then there's the, the Day 1 Multiplats. There's that one, Lies of P is coming out, that little one looks exciting, especially me coming off Elden Ring. Oh, oh, oh man, Whew. it's a lot. Mm-hmm. No, there is a lot. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, again, I don't want to complain. I'm definitely not complaining, guys. Don't take it like that. But, man, a lot of games, a lot of games, plus even stuff to end off this year, the Callisto Protocol. I know a lot of people are excited for, even in January, the Dead Space remake as well. All mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of stuff. I, again, I'm probably forgetting a couple of things, and this year I do want to play Pentiment, uh, uh, yeah, there's probably titles that I'm missing off the top of my head. But again, guys, we're going to have so much into next year. I mean, I guess the only thing that could really throw things off if, is if uh, the Xbox titles get further delayed. <laughs> Which, you know, I hate to say it is a possibility, a slim possibility at that, but you never know. Um, but I'm hopeful going into next year. Again, I want Starfield. I want the new Forza Motorsport. I want Redfall. I'm just hoping that 
with the Game Awards coming up, like, basically within a month's time. I forget what day it is specifically, but very soon. I just hope that we get some Xbox release dates there because, uh, again, driving me nuts, guys. Driving me nuts with, uh, you know, when these games are going to fall. <clears throat> but with that said, you know, I'll ask uh, other guys on the panel what their thoughts are. Uh, Centurion, buddy, I'll head to you next on this. Um, again, you know, Phil said some interesting stuff in this interview. Do you agree with what uh, MLD's uh, been highlighting here? Uh, I don't know. What did you take from, uh, like, his recent podcast bouts? Well, let's just first get the one thing I, like, I, because I watched the interview. So, common thing with uh, when you talk to anybody is they just always say Phil Spencer is a corporate man and he's just going to spew out the corporate jargon to make the brand look good. But that that argument kind of went out the window when you watched him sit down uh, and actually flat out say that he knows that 2022 they've been lacking in a lot of first, at least first party studio releases. They've had a lot of success with Game Pass in 2022. But when it comes to first-party studio releases, he said that they could have done better. They were lacking. Uh, you know, PlayStation's had a good year. They even mentioned Nintendo's had a good year. Um, and that's where, yeah, the conversation goes into that, you know, 2023 is going to turn into a big year for Microsoft um, because, you know, we're going to see the first uh, releases come out of Bethesda since the purchase of Bethesda, the first actual big, big releases that weren't already contractually obligated. Um, and so definitely I can, I'm really have high hopes for Xbox for 2023 because, you know, there's been that narrative, uh, you know, that we've all gone by for years. It happened all last generation um, wait for E3. Oh, just wait till next year. And that the, the term wait was a very common term used in a lot of statements towards Xbox. I've never been exactly disappointed in Xbox. And I'm not saying that just because, you know, I'm like a brand whore or whatever you want to call me. Um, it's more like I don't, my life does not revolve around first party studio releases. So I haven't felt that I've been lacking really anything. I mean, like right now, um, there's a lot of good games that I want to buy right now, but I also took a look at my backlog, which is freaking five miles long, not including by, uh, Game Pass titles. And I've just been actually sitting back and playing games that are that I've been, you know, that have been in my library that I've been wanting to finally finish. Uh, one of them being Assassin's Creed Odyssey. You know, I bought all the DLC for Assassin's Creed Odyssey and I just started playing it for the first time uh, earlier this week. And now I'm about halfway through uh, the the second, well, the through the half of the DLC. I'm halfway through the entire D DLC. Um, and that I've been finding a lot of enjoyment and just getting some value out of what I've already purchased for my Xbox and... You know, I have no problem waiting for E. I mean, waiting for 2023 to come around because we know 2023 is going to be a very interesting year, especially if everything gets released. Um, I know you said that there's a potential um, for, you know, anything to be delayed, but it was good to hear that Phil Spencer even commented and like put it in his, you know, put it out there that they are that they're moving on beyond all the delays that COVID has created. Uh, all the games look like they're on track and on schedule at this point. 
So 2023 is going to lead up to be a very big year for Microsoft. And like you mentioned, the Game Awards, it's going to be very interesting to see what they what they show at the Game Awards, because that's going to be like the kickoff for the 2023 season. And that's really going to hopefully get everybody excited and get word of mouth going for just how big 2023 is going to be for Microsoft. Um, and I'm saying it's going to be a big year and that doesn't even include the Activision Blizzard deal. Um, if, and when that deal goes through, that's just going to be the icing on the cake. But with what we already know that is set in stone, these games are on Xbox. These are first party studio releases. It's more than enough to be excited about. Okay. All right. And, you know, again, I'm there with you, man. Like, I have a backlog, too. Again, I'm not desperate for games by any means. Plus, we got all kinds of stuff coming out, whether if it's your taste or not. There's still plenty of games. Uh, for example, I know you and me, I think we're interested in this game, uh, Evil West, right? I think that comes out. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. I'm glad you mentioned it, man. We got Evil West. Uh, we've got High on Life. Uh, you mentioned it really stinks that uh, Atomic Heart is coming out February of next year. That was supposed to be one that came out this year, but mm -hmm. we all know world events affect everything, whether we like it or not. Um, I mean, uh, Callisto Protocol, December. Um, somehow, if I can fit God of War Ragnarok into that whole mix of things, even though I still need to go back and play uh, freaking Horizon, not Her Horizon Forbidden West. I don't want to call it Zero Dawn. <laughs> um, I mean, like, that's what I mean. I just feel like I'm overflowing with games at this point, and I just don't – I'm not frothing at the mouth for one title or another. I'll definitely enjoy these titles because, I mean, dude, the gaming industry just keeps on giving. I remember when there used to be huge drought periods where there was really nothing to play, and now at this point, I mean, there's always something to play from someone. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, yeah, because of the circumstances now heading into 2023, uh, it's just, I think it's just going to be like game after game after game for like a solid maybe year and a half. You know what I mean? Like, just because of all the delays. So I think a lot of things are lining up for uh, a very solid next year. And again, maybe 2024 is going to be pretty good too. Uh, I just wouldn't be surprised. So... And then the games that we're looking forward to or expected to release in 2023, some of them might get pushed to 2024 just because, uh, again, just because of all the, the game delays from the year previous and uh, just backlogged. It's going to be jam-packed. If uh, delays occur, I could see it be more of a reason that they're delaying the game not because they're behind, but because it's just going to be so stacked that everybody is like shouldering for room. Yeah, and that's it. It's just it's just about being competitive, right? And you know, some games you can get away with, right? If they're in a different genre and whatnot. But then other games are just gonna. Some games are just so big that they're gonna blow over whatever's in that general release slot, right? Because I I'm pretty sure that everybody's wondering where Starfield is gonna get slotted in, and then if there were release dates for games, they might get uh, you know moved around because of that. But hey, you never know. You never know what's gonna happen, right? But I am looking. For, I'm very curious about Evil West. I, you know, I see, I keep seeing trailers for that game, and it just gets me more and more just you know, um, intrigued. You want to real so uh, ACG? If you're familiar with him on YouTube and his podcast on Spotify, 
Mm -hmm. Um, I love listening to him. Uh, Awesome insights, great sense of humor. He actually, on his channel, he actually has a breakdown for Evil West, and he actually got to play, I think, like a a pre-build for the game. And he actually um, talks about what it was like to play that and what, how the character control and what the game is going to be essentially like. If you haven't checked that out, I would definitely recommend it. All right. All right. I mean, I still got to catch up with some... Uh, I think IGN released a Atomic Heart video of uh, a boss fight that I still need to watch, but I've been really impressed by what I've seen I by can at least, that game. I can at least say ACG's video is like 10 minutes. So it's not like an it's not like, you know, oh, we're going to do a 45 minute, you know, in-depth review. No, it's only like 10 minutes of just talking about what his experience was uh, with what he had. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of get like Dark Watch vibes. I don't know if any of you remember that game, but I really enjoyed Dark Watch back on the original Xbox, except this game is a lot more colorful uh, than that. But still. You know, I'm just I'm very curious about it. Dark Watch. I wonder if that has anything to do with like the movies Daywatch and Dark Watch. Mm, no, I, th- I think it's separate. But then again, I, I could be mistaken. Just I remember playing it back on the th- on the original Xbox days, and it was really fun. Uh, again, another like you know, uh, West uh, West sorry Western game, but it's like got vampires and like supernatural stuff and all that jazz. Fun game, you know, guys in the chat. If you know about it, definitely, ch- you know, let uh, let uh, Centurion know how it is. <laughs> um, let's see, moving on here, Eric Shockley, buddy. I mean, I would love to know your thoughts of uh, you know what Phil said on you know his latest podcast rounds. Uh, do you have any takes on like what other panel members have been saying about about what he commented on, uh, like you know stuff about first party releases moving forward, like some hints about you know hardware are we going to get like mid-gen refreshes soon do you think and just like you know any of the talk about you know from what he was saying yeah i mean it's uh it's cool to hear that they're looking at new uh hardware um especially with hopefully they've seen oh i'm not sure what their plan is as far as like doing anything in the vr space obviously they have the studios that kind of work on some VR projects, um, but hopefully they're at least having some answer for that. Whether or not it's just allowing, you know, already ones in the that are already out there, like the uh, Oculus that a lot of people have already, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's always good to make sure that or to see them always coming back to, hey, we 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 are. Li- you know, we are listening to the feedback that, hey, we, we kind of dropped the ball this year. We didn't have any games uh, to release. Because obviously they could, you know, we assume they know that, you know, we're saying that. But to acknowledge it and, like, publicly actually put it, you know, your flaws in the interview means, you know, they, they're actually trying to address it and trying to fix the that issue and not have that be a problem going forward. But... Um, that's always good to see them, you know, acknowledge that. Um, so hopefully they, you know, are trying to, you know, diversify their investments and projects. Um, like what I was saying earlier where they, they just don't have as many, uh, droughts going forward. So, and I think they will with the amount of studios they have now and seems like the amount of different projects that they've invested in with, uh, that contraband game and 
quite a few others that they've uh, got their hands in. So, um, but yeah, that that part's definitely good to see. Um, I was trying to see if there's anything else that we didn't. I think some of that was. Uh, I, I remember part of that from uh, last week when he was uh, from the previous statement he gave. But uh, but yeah, otherwise, yeah, just first party releases upcoming. I think they have a pretty uh, pretty stacked year if everything goes as planned. Uh, with their first-party games, plus their uh, deals they already signed uh, with, like, Atomic Heart that we're hearing, you know, got pushed back. So that'd be cool if they did drop some other... I know it might be too much, but I've seen, like, uh, Paris kind of criticize them, like, hey, if they just released Starfield and uh, Redfall and just the deals that they already had in place for this year, that it would be a kind of like a, a L. <laughs> But I mean, I, I think at that point it'd be you'd have a ton of content to play constantly, you know, if all of those things do hit. Um, but it would be cool if they did drop one extra thing there, like you know, if like a Hellblade two surprises and drop next year. Well, we um, gotta see one of those, something like extra bigger. Yeah, well, there has to be something for Q three and four. If there's not, yeah. I'm gonna be pissed. Like. Yeah. Unless they hold back Starfield until the end of the year. Which, I mean, guys, I mean, I don't think it's likely, but it is a slim you're possibility. Gonna hear, you're going to hear a prediction for the exact date in a little bit. Ooh, all right. I'll be very interested. But, you know, like, uh, like going with what Eric is saying, though, I mean, yeah, I mean, they do, you know, okay, maybe, like, from what we're assuming, the first half of the year is going to be, you know, pretty decent. You know, it's going to make up for, you know... Sp- this year from the sounds of it but like you know we again there's still a lot of projects that we don't know about you know how's project mara doing hellblade 2 what about again even some uh third party deals how's Ar- uh, arc 2 right like we don't know we don't know but sorry go ahead shockley no uh, yeah other than that like if they if they just kept what we have on paper of what we expect to come next year then they at least need to have like some big announcement of like, hey, we signed this deal that's coming, you know, where people can kind of just not like on PlayStation, how people got hyped, you know, just seeing a, you know, the a clip of Wolverine or just to hear in an article that they're getting Kotor, you know, first or something, um, just you know, something to some like big heavy hitter or maybe like a third party um not that they're big on doing these time deals like playstation but i mean they they work plus by the time you know who knows if any final fantasy game is coming other than these off offshoots uh like stranger paradise but who knows with the next final fantasy 16 if it's coming to xbox but if it does by that point you know, anybody that actually wanted to play that type of game would have already done so. Um, so by the time it cut, no one's going to be really holding out. They might play it, you know, on the Xbox just because they never went around to get the PlayStation, but a lot of its fans are going to, you know, not wait. Um, so you might as well just, com- you know, combat them with the studios, but on top of that with uh, those, you know, timed deals uh like they're getting very aggressive with it so (laughs) 
than they were before um, locking down um, a lot of these uh, projects that we you wouldn't expect it like KOTOR we no one saw that coming you know the remake coming but just the whole time deal to be on PlayStation not Xbox if anything um, so that stuff does sway a lot of people and you know and those are just big easy announcements too because it's not something that you're having to you just signed a check um, you're not having to cultivate that you know you, you sign a third party person that already has that uh, pedigree um, that already can, you know, you know, that can get, hopefully get the job done. <laughs> obviously that, you know, you still have to follow through with it. Obviously since we've seen with like platinum with the previous project, but, uh, but still those are just easy wins in your cap while you're also trying to get your own first party uh, culture going that they've kind of just lacked for the past decade. So. All right. Yeah, they're, they're definitely more aggressive lately. The, the, yeah. That's for sure. Oh yeah, they are. Well, they're super aggressive. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we can say that technically since what 2018, when they all surprised us with all those studio buyouts, and then, you know, just from there, it's been like a slow and steady uh, build, really, and uh, forming new partnerships and just expanding on uh, their technology, uh, you know, X Cloud, Game Pass, and so on. Uh, they've been very proactive in a lot of. Uh, different ways it's just again like it's just having the engine of all these studios churning and you know having the content ready it was like you were saying before mld you know it takes time uh to get all these studios going i mean uh some of these studios you know uh, when they were uh you know talking with microsoft they were like well you know ideally we'd like to get bigger and expand a bit you know i'm pretty sure double fine obsidian um ninja theory compulsion like oh, oh yeah no there's a whole bunch that wanted to be expanded for sure ninja theory i mean they just got new office pretty sure compulsion yeah they're yeah. all growing like playground has a new studio now like they're they are all expanding like everyone's just focusing on all the buyouts when like they're also building up their internal studios at the exact same time but obviously the spotlight the spotlight's not on that, so it's been under the radar, but it's def they're definitely doing everything at the same time. It's just a matter of managing it all and making sure everything gets their own time to shine when the game is ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and again, guys, it takes time. I mean, yeah, I would love to. I mean, I was predicting that we'd hear something from Compulsion, I know, like a year ago. Obviously, that hasn't happened, but... yeah. You know, people forget we have a few came out after they got acquired like so they did release a title you know months after the acquisition so that they were still like supporting and then expanding after that so like they're not going to drop a game faster than sony santa monica devs drop their game like <laughs> probably yeah. not gonna happen yeah right same thing with hello uh sorry not hello um double fine you know they just dropped psychonauts last year so or wait that's the thing yeah. they're not giving the microsoft like first party studios the same you know time frame that sony santa monica released like their previous game what it previous game was like five years ago or no we should say Four. the uh horizon came out this year right their sequel that one came out the year before 
God of War 2018. So they took six years. So it hasn't even been six years since these studios have been acquired. So you, but you're holding them to a, like, hey, you got to get your game out faster than Guerrilla Games gets their next sequel out. <laughs> I, I do want like, to respond to that. That's a that's a hard thing to do, especially. And you know, some of these studios were not on the pedigree of them, especially, and and they were actually beefing up their studios while trying to work on their next project. Oh yeah, I, I, I do want to respond. I mentioned that. they were working on the sequel for six years. These a lot of these are working on like newer projects, other than Hellblade. Yeah, I've definitely seen that argument online. Like I, I would, I would, for example, point out that Ghost of uh, uh, Tsushima took six years to make after the last Infamous game, and uh, you, you say that like Grand Theft or Grand Theft Auto Seven took what five years, four years for God of War, five years for Horizon Forbidden West. Like these aren't short dev times either, and you compare that. Yeah, there is definitely a double standard going on, and usually the the counter I hear to this is that. Oh well, these are proven developers. Well, we trust them. We we believe in them. I'm like, like you don't trust Obsidian? Like we don't we don't we don't trust Playground all of a sudden? Like it's 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 a double standard. There's no other. No, because they're under Microsoft now, so they're gonna just be shit in the next. So (laughs) yeah, go ahead, Crusader. I would say that there is a fundamental difference because of something an Xbox executive said in 2021. And we should hold the company to the standard that the executive states. And that is that their goal was to hit one major title every quarter. Said it in June of 2021, Matt Booty did. Said it in a few different interviews on an interview tour last year, right? And then you have a year where you do not release a major title. You release a game out of early access. You release a game made by 20 developers. And what's the third? I know there's a third game that, that they're releasing this year. What? Dust Falls? Game? And grounded. As does, it... Yeah, as, and as Dust Falls, they, they had a, 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 a... None of them retail for, uh, for $60. None of them... I would not consider any of them a major release. They're good games. I'm not going to deny that, right? But you, you have the executive who's in charge of, like, the studios out here saying that their goal is to hit one major release a quarter in 2021, and then the next year they don't hit a single major release in four quarters, right? Well, and that so, was, well yeah, I mean, we cool. obviously there know is, what their plan was. Their plan to have Starfield, but that didn't happen. I mean, they, they still would have only had two. Well, like, well I mean, they, I think it was end also... Goal. Was he talking about Game Pass, though? Like, and if we're talking, if we're, if we're, we're, they said specifically from their internal twenty-three studios, right? So we're not going to count anything that they licensed because that's not. They're not talking about any. They're not what the executive said, right? That is not. That's what he said from their twenty-three internal studios. Their plan is to hit one major title every quarter, and they don't hit that. And they are deserving of every ounce of criticism from making statements and not keeping the promises that they make. Okay, uh, I, that's I, why... Go ahead. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. I'll let you finish your point. Go, go, go. And, and, so, and so that's my big problem is their consistency, right? And th- that's why I agree with Paris that <clears throat> next year will be a letdown if they cannot keep up in quarter three and four, at least generally, with their launches in quarter one and two. 
Now, I'm not including third party third party stuff, right? I'm not including the the deals like uh, whatchamacallit, um, Atomic Heart and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, ta- I'm I'm talking exclusively from their internal studios. If we don't have if we don't have a launch from the internal studios, a large launch in at least three of the four quarters next year, I'm going to be frustrated because that's two years in a row that they haven't met their their promise with Game Pass. And they do fundamentally have a different situation than the other developers. They put them in. Their entire business model puts them in a different situation. They have a service that needs content, that they are buying up studios to put content into, and they're not meeting their commitments to the fans who are subscribing to those, mm-hmm. right? Now, I'll give them a pass this year because of the, the, the effects of COVID and everything, right? And I'm not mad about any individual game being delayed. It's the cumulative effect of what the delays mean. I talked about this when they did delay those games, right? I'm not mad that Starfield's getting delayed. That's, pro- that's a good thing. It'll be a better game when it comes out. Same thing with Redfall. Independently good decisions, right? But together, the fact that that means nothing for 2022 was unacceptable. And they cannot repeat this. They are in a fundamentally different situation than than PlayStation, right? Mm-hmm. PlayStation can't, hasn't ever made a commitment to launch a, a AAA game every quarter. Yeah, I'm sure PlayStation gets to. caught lying all the time. I'm sure they do, yep. and no, I, I yell at them when they, they do it. PlayStation doesn't get criti- doesn't get criticized for what they did with freaking Last of Us Two in the multiplayer. Sure, Something I, that an I executive do. came out and said ex- was going to exist didn't exist. At least Microsoft's um, trying. Uh, you're right, but they can't go out and say things. And I yell at Microsoft th- more than I yell are, at PlayStation because I like I Microsoft more than PlayStation. people are allowed to misspeak. People are allowed to misspeak. It misspeak. It I mean, misspeak. I took that as like a goal they were shooting for, yeah. like to eventually get exactly. to it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody, nobody has the corporate crystal ball to know when... You know, Putin's going to go out there and bomb the Ukraine or that COVID is going to divide into a mutant strain and it's going to go as the name is Omicron. Um, I mean, like there is a lot of things that can basically affect uh, the world. Um, And now we're starting to see shipping crises and all this other stuff. And that's where that's where, you know, executives deserve to have world events. Um, That's what I mean. We shouldn't hang on every word they say. Because at the same time, they're just a gaming executive. This isn't the president right. of the United States or a world leader promising something to help a country. You're right. But this also isn't a, a zero sum, right? They made a commitment that that's what they want to hit. But then they hit zero. They hit literally zero percent of that commitment. Zero. Okay. He didn't, did say, he didn't say it was going to be effective immediately. That no, was the end point that's goal. the end goal, but if you can't even... You're, they're not on the board with the goal. They, they, like, that's, that's the difference, right? One or two launches this year, and they're working towards the goal. They, they're, not, they're not on the board with, with, with what they've uh, committed to. That's the problem. When he said that, though, Redfall and Starfield were supposed to be coming out, so that was well on the way to meeting the goal. Sure, but they didn't have contingencies for anything? That That's the problem I have here. I mean, what did PlayStation have for Contingencies, yeah, they had contingencies. They bought they, third-party games and dropped them in Game Pass. Either PlayStation games had nothing to release this year, or they were like, hey, or yeah, 
they had nothing to release this year, so maybe that's why they delayed those three titles because they already had games the previous year. Or I mean, what I or were, were they going to have donuts this year if those games actually hit when they I, so, told I the fans they were going to hit? Problem with giving them a complete pass. They they don't deserve a complete pass. I mean, like I especially see, especially when the, the the service is supposed to have a commitment to launching large AAA games, and we've had like yeah, and, and that they can fill with also and, and like second or third party, which they need to do. If if they, first party's not there, they need to like they, they, and they did fill the void and they got a few in October, and they got MLB yeah. in the spring, right? They did not. Well, they also had ones that they were supposed to go in there day one, which were some of those Ukraine sure studios. And I then mean, they had was supposed hit, to and be then there was supposed to be multiple throughout the year. There was supposed to be like multiple releases going into Game Pass Day One, but then a good chunk of them just kind of ended up being in the wrong region. But yeah, it was just kind of a perfect storm, I think. I see someone saying that they didn't. Sony didn't have a AAA exclusive for the entirety of 2021. Well, that's not well, that's not true. In the well, they had like. They yeah, had they three. had well, they had, they, 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 had... they had three games. They had two exclusives. They had Returnal, which was a AAA game. That it, it is, and they had yeah. they had just because you spend and the Clank. money on a tri- just because you spend the amount of money for a AAA game doesn't make it. You know, I mean, it wasn't AAA. It, it, was, a, it, was, it was like a double A award winning. It, it it was so was Ratchet and Clank. Um, well, yeah, they they had the content. Now Sony did delay a lot in the 2022, but they also had a 2021. Right, and Xbox had a 2021, but then they also only had it in the second half of 20. I have a problem with the consistency, and that is my ultimate complaint about Microsoft right now. No. It's something that Phil Spencer addressed in this interview. I, I I was very happy he did that. They haven't been consistent in the slightest since 2019. Now I I have to interject here because I do agree actually not to be the guy in the middle, but I I I can see like everybody's perspective. Honestly, I understand where Centurion's coming from because. You know, again, there are things that, you know, that, you know, there's unexpected things that happened. Um, You know, there have been numerous delays from everybody, not just Xbox. However, I I do see the other side of the spectrum, too, that, you know, maybe, you know, uh, I see uh, Crusader side where it's like, well, you know, maybe they could have planned a little better in the long run, have like things maybe better spaced out. Um, maybe there, I saw it brought up in the chat, maybe they do have some, uh, management issues or, you know, just like, um, you know, stuff between like, again, the different divisions, you know, they, again, they, they took on Bethesda, they have their own, um, Xbox game studios and a bunch of the smaller ones. I'm just saying that like, you know, again, I, I, I can see everybody's perspectives here, uh, like, but go on, Chris. This isn't me. This isn't me like doom threading or anything like they they need to hit a point where they're consistent. And 2023 can be that. Easily. But I understand... I, people were flipping out on Paris, and I completely agree with them, that they need to keep the energy from the first two quarters into quarter three and four next year. Now... And I think uh, he alluded... To, I think wrong. Phil Spencer alluded to that. I have to... Now, I have to uh, ask you on this, uh, because sure. now we're getting into, like... Now, where would you say these games fit in going into next year? Like, release days All right, right. so... With the event from June, we know that 95% of the titles from the event in June of this year, the E3 event, were slated for quarter one and two because it was supposed to be the next 12 months of xbox and then granted it was more or less 
hey, this is quarter one and two of 2023. There's not much coming in the end of 2022. But like that was the event, right? Like uh, we, we can we can we can say that. Um, and uh, at this point, I still think that's true. I, I think they would have given us an update. I, I don't think they're going to do an implicit update. I think if if either Redfall or Starfield had moved out a quarter one or two next year, we would have heard it heard it by now. Um, and I, I do think there will be some, at least there will be some negative reactions to if they move out of quarter quarter one and two, because both Bethesda said it when they were, uh, when they were um, delaying them that they were going to be in the first half of 2022, and that was reiterated in June. Um, and I, I think there will be, I will personally be a little irritated. I, I, I personally think Starfield's going to launch on May 5th, 4th, 5th, whatever International Space Day is. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, uh, Bethesda likes launching on, like, important days. Usually they're Bethesda days, but, like, you got Space Day in May. You launch the space game on the space day. <laughs> um, but, you know, and so I don't really know what, what will launch in the second half, right? But at least from their first party, they need to have something in either quarter three or quarter four. Preferably both. If you can do both, I will be a happy camper. If we can start hitting the actual promised value proposition of game pass right i'll be i'll be happy and i will forget this this year existed right but it's that value proposition of game pass that i want the promise to be relatively kept um and it's not like i haven't been playing games on my xbox that's another thing like people uh, people have this problem where if you hear a complaint you ultimately think that there's like a mutual exclusivity to the argument versus like me. Like I, I had plenty of fun on Xbox this year. Plenty of fun. I played 82 games this year. Now, granted, I think the most of them were actually on the PS3, but that that's neither here nor there. Um, the I, I'm happy to hear from the executives in charge of Microsoft that this year was not good release wise. That they know it, they're willing to admit it. Um, and I, I think moving forward, they need to be far more careful about what they say. Should that promise ever have been made during the middle of COVID when COVID was not close to being over? Probably not, right? And I, I think they need to be more careful about what they say. Not that they're not willing to talk, but they, they can't make huge like commitments and then not come close to them like within a year um that's just not you're, you're not doing anyone any favors pr wise um and so I, I do think there's a good chance hellblade comes out next year i don't know what else could come out in the fall maybe avowed i don't know if they'll put two large open world rpgs that close together though within like six months i i, I don't know if they'd do it i could um, see a smaller game or two like yeah I but the thing is, I'm just kind of wondering where both of Ninja Theory's games land, because it's like, I could see either maybe Hellblade or even Project Mara. I mean, again, the trademark wasn't, was what, maybe like a month or so ago? Like, yeah, they seem to want to reveal it, like do a re-reveal for it. Um, yeah, I, I think they, I think that will be announced soon. I don't know where that would be talked about or announced. See, they're in a weird situation where they had a show that talked about the next 12 months, but, like, we're not going to have another show until, like, the next 12 months. Um, which is a little frustrating, because, like, 
when are we gonna like, like there's a lot coming out in late 2020 or in early 2023 right and like when are we gonna hear more about most of it um it's... those are those are those are important questions and that kind of ties into the project mars of like when, when are we gonna hear it because they can't they cannot directly control everything at the, the game awards people keep telling me the game awards but i'm like they're gonna have two three trailers at the game awards for for their games right they're, but there's there's way more than that between like their own first party and and uh and their um the, their third party partnerships so it's like where are we going to hear about this normally it would be an exo at this time of year but we haven't heard anything about an exo and i still don't think they want to do a full live event that they're responsible for um but like i just want a level of consistency to actually hit because it's far more important for them than literally anyone else to hit the consistency because they have a service that that relies on it right then that that's my that's my ultimate problem is that like they're, they're marketing me and selling me a service that i do like but the service is not living up to the expectations they set and therefore the expectations i myself have set for it okay i i, I got a i did come across uh what paris said before and i, I could definitely see both sides of the argument but ultimately though i i would be let down if games were okay well if there was no games at all in the la in the last half of 2023 that would be very frustrating though but i wouldn't say it would be a letdown knowing that what redfall forza and starfield were 2022 games initially because using that, that same logic gran turismo uh, horizon and god of war were all 2021 games but people don't care about that anymore they are 2022 games now and forever if they all kept in 2021, all PlayStation would have this year is a Last of Us One re a remake. That's yeah, it. Yeah, I agree with that. I I, yeah. I agree with that sentiment. The, the difference is that those aren't directly supplying a service that they're trying to sell me. That's that's the key difference, and that's why one upsets me more than the other. I own both systems, right? One upsets me more than the other is because my PlayStation only gets turned on when I when I buy the games for it. It's, it's it, when I buy their their exclusives. That's the only reason I turn on my PlayStation, right? So that's that's all the only thing I actually care on. Everything else I buy on my Series X. But I like Game Pass, and Game Pass is marketed on, on releasing the game. So when there's not a, an, a level of consistency of, of, of launches quarter after quarter like they, they want to hit, then the service itself is slightly a letdown, unless they can backfill it with uh, third party. Again, I, okay. I do agree it's disappointing, but I, I and, in a way I have to give them... Uh, I hate to say it like this, but again, I have to give them at least a little bit of a benefit I, of the doubt. But net, going into next year, that's going to fade away for me, oh, and then it goes Exactly. Serious. 2022 gets a pass if 2023 is successful. See, Game that's Pass fair. wasn't marketed to me as basically only first party. It that's wasn't. You're right, but they, they made a commitment. Like, this is they what they said. Well, in my you know what? How about this? Just the other day, I had a customer walk through my front door, and he told me, oh, well, you said on the side of the road it would cost this much. I told you on the side of the road I gave you a ballpark price. I don't set anything on stone on the side of the road. When it gets brought into the shop and we physically lift it in the air and I get we can see what we're going to get ourselves into, that's when I charge you the real price. Well, then you shouldn't say it in an inter in an actual public interview. But he gave he didn't no put a date on it. It wasn't in a podcast. It was in a direct interview with an executive. But like, he didn't put a date on it. That's far different than like a random worker saying something like that. But he still didn't put a date on it. 
Yeah. He, he didn't say starting tomorrow. You're, like, and, and you're right. And I agree. And that's why I'm saying that, like, I don't need them to hit all four quarters even next next year. That's why I'm saying they need to at least hit one of the two next year. Right? It's the problem with this year was hitting none. Not that not that they didn't hit four. That's the differential. And, and that's what a lot of people don't grasp when I talk about this. I'm not mad they didn't hit all four quarters. I'm mad that they didn't come close in the same time time zone as as that commitment right it, it's like they didn't even start trying yet that's what it feels like as a consumer to me and that's on frustrating a, and they did yes but the only thing is they got out there and they got me scorned for halloween i yeah, know a October lot of people are don't like scorn uh they're giving me high on life here mm -hmm. in the next i think month with yeah. uh, uh game pass yeah, it's in um, December, so it'll be yeah. about a month from now. The but end of this I mean. year there is getting some, better. There is games delivered for me better. on Game Pass. October has been much better. Much better. I, I Plague Tale was great. Scorn, I can't play, but the value is there, so I respect it because I'm not, not going to play Overall, it overall, I think, like, the service itself is fine because, again, like, I, I, I have gameplay here of A Plague's Tale, which released... Yeah, like, like, October, the, the, the final quarter of this year has been good from a third party perspective and that is much better than nothing the the rest of this year has been kind of very meh sos -so. like like it, it, it's been okay uh, the, january if i remember correctly january was pretty all right um but like that that's the ultimate problem i i do not feel like they like they have lived up to the commitments that they themselves have made even even like in a remote we're working on it method like method that's that's where it has failed for me right now and that's why i there is a lot more weight on 2023 for me than maybe someone else but that that's how i feel as a consumer mm -hmm. no I, uh, I, I think we're all in that position where we're all xbox fans are i think we're all drawing the line in the sand and that line is 2023 is the year it has like, to no be good and it, it, and it it has to run from 2023 onwards. It can't stop. There cannot be a point where it stops. We can have some slows. We can miss a quarter here and there. That's fine. But it so has to Game Pass is going to be going. immune to anything happening in the world that could cause a situation like COVID? Uh, again, yeah, that's fine. It, it doesn't have to be immune, but there can't be a point where we have a 2022 again. I'm sorry. Not with 23 Studios, not with 30 plus with... Activision Blizzard. You cannot have that empty of a window ever again. That's fair. It'll be almost you impossible. Are, if that happens, it should be theoretically impossible. It can be slower. You could miss maybe even two, three, two quarters in a row, right? Maybe out of eight quarters, you miss like three or four. That that could happen in, in a situation like that. But like most of the companies, they, they had a reduction in a reduction, not, not a complete drop out of everything. And they cannot, with 30 studios, feasibly... Uh, there's no way I would believe that they, they had a complete fall-off. So, again, world, world pandemics notwithstanding, mm -hmm. there, can't, there, there can be slows, but not, not halts. Halt, I guess if we had another pandemic, sure. Mm -hmm. no, but that's, that's, a, that's an edge case that I don't, like, I don't plan for myself. Mm -hmm. But with, with with that large of a infrastructure backbone, it, it shouldn't be possible to, to have a a a non-fired year. Well, again, I think that there's a lot of 
moving parts to to that and I, you know, again I, I do value all the perspectives on that you know again on that topic because again like you could you could go at, like a lot of ways a lot of different uh, ways with it but i do think that again going into next year it's going to be a completely different ball game and we're going to have a lot I, to look I believe it to. will too mm -hmm. i believe it will too i don't have I, they have not instilled in me instilled in me a faith that they will be consistent yet but I, at least the quarter one and two is going to be great Right, and I'm gonna play everything. Well, like I, I, I'm, I'm happy to play everything. I, I play just about everything I can on my Xbox instead of anything else. If it's, if it's on the Xbox, I play it there. Why, like, I, I don't, I don't understand the people who are attacking me in chat. I, like, <laughs> what the fuck do you want about? I, 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 my Xbox is my main system for the vast majority of games. I, I'm not gonna skip a good game because it's on another platform. You're fucking crazy. And hey, like but, you, like you, Crusader. I'm very curious about the release dates as well and how they yeah. keep on their timelines. But uh, again, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful going into the new year. But like, I'd be pissed if like Disney suddenly didn't have a single show to launch on Disney Plus. I'd be bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I keep that same energy everywhere. <laughs> like, uh, now I'm pissed with PS Plus Premium. I ain't supporting it with any freaking games. It's so now guys i kind of wanted to shift gears a little bit we didn't actually have this as a topic but uh, since we're talking about like uh you know commentary for and interviews uh from like studio heads did you guys see what uh matt booty so uh, teased the other day um he yes. was talking about uh co console exclusives and Apparently, in Exile Entertainment, the developers of Bard's Tale series and Wasteland, they'd shown a vertical slice of their game, and they're very, very excited about it. They're mind blown. Like, uh, you know, anybody uh, got any thoughts about uh, Booty's commentary here? Because, you know, in, in Exile is again one of these studios that you know nobody really thought a lot of. But again, these guys have a pedigree when it comes to again going back to the original Fallout. Uh, they've made uh, some of the, I would say, some renowned RPGs. Again, like the Wasteland series and so on. But again, I, I'd love to hear like just some thoughts from you guys. Oh, like, yeah, I just love to hear some thoughts from you guys, though. Um, I don't know who wants to go first. Like, maybe you, Centurion, do you have any comments about, uh, again, the new mind-blowing uh, exclusive being teased here? I'm going to be absolutely honest. I've been interested in listening to you guys on it because I missed that one. Like, I, I guess I, I will be truthful. I missed the Matt Booty thing. Well, again, it wasn't a topic. It wasn't a topic per se. It just like it just came came up, and I think somebody uh, wanted to uh, discuss it. But I know I was like again, like um, it, I just found it very uh, interesting, really. Um, you know that they're already seeing a vertical chunk of this game. Uh, we don't really know much about it, really. Um, I don't know, like Crusader. Do you have anything? Uh, like, uh, do you have anything to? to speak of about uh, an exiles title uh, coming up um so we know from jazz Corden that it's supposed to be like a victorian steampunk setting i believe it's an fps um so if you don't know what steampunk is think like a kind of like bioshock infinite not not quite it's a little bit different than that but that that's 
kind of the the vibe of the aesthetic and i'm super excited to see it because i really like um what's his face who's in charge of the studio is it brian fargo that's yeah, fargo or my okay yep. i love him he's a troll of the finest degree um and i love the in exile twitter account they're like one of the best brand social media accounts on the planet they're hilarious um and so like i'm super super excited for that game they, they did basically confirm that redfall in that interview as well they confirmed that redfall is going to be coming out before starfield which was expected um uh they also confirmed in that uh in that interview that Undead Labs is working on um they're trying to work on like super high level of like animations and uh visual fidelity which is very interesting to see cuz I don't I didn't really ever think of the first state of decays as like stand out um uh as standout, whatchamacallits. Um, it was a very successful title on the it Xbox was a successful, Arcade. I, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm saying, it, like, I, I never thought of them as, like, standout in the visual space, right? Like, like that, that, that's... So it's very, very cool to see that, like, that they are really focusing on the, 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 the visual fidelity. Because I think that does really help in, like, the, the, the zombie-driven games. Like, the more visually detailed and, like, the, the better you have, like, the, the stuttery animations for the zombies and stuff to, to make it more realistic. So like that's really cool to hear, and they also confirmed that like the like they're working on more uh, I, I, like exchangeable technology between their studios, especially the ones working on Unreal, because supposedly whatever the the coalition's working on next, I, I assume it's that small game they're working on, that uh, the the like I don't want to call it a tech demo, but I like because like a lot of people think that that's a derogatory title. It, 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 that doesn't like be being a tech so it is an actual game. thing that they do have a smaller project in the works yes it is an actual thing that as far as i'm aware because in my conversation with jess corden they have a smaller project um whatever that project is though whatever their next project is the the tech that they're working on for that is being utilized by um uh uh the perfect dark team and it's also confirmed that the coalition has like their tech teams do assist other teams that are working with Unreal, such as uh, um, they've assisted uh, the uh, Rare with Sea of Thieves, and they're also uh, assisting with some tech for Perfect Dark. Um, so, like, that was really interesting to hear because we know the Coalition is a, like, I don't want to call them a support studio because, again, that has a negative connotation that the studio is a support studio. They don't make their own content. No, the Coalition makes great content. They make, you know, the, the last years of Wars, at least the single player, they don't play the multiplayer. I don't, I don't know much about the multiplayer. But at least the uh, the single players were fantastic, um, and to hear their their tech and expertise in Unreal is kind of being spread around is 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 fantastic to hear. Um, but yeah, that that Matt Booty, it wasn't an interview per se. It was on Skill Up's podcast. All right. Yes. I think it was. I think it was like they they had him on and they were officially like asking him questions. Um, uh. And Matt Booty also stressed in that that they really want to hit a home run with 2023's lineup, which, again, is very, very important. I'm happy to hear that, like, that they are really looking at making sure that 2023 is the best year that it can be. Um, and so, but, yeah, that, that interview was really cool. I, I, I personally like hearing about, like, 
developers sharing tech and stuff like that because there's a lot of cool things that you see in games that you wish you could see in more games. Sometimes it's explicit things like I, I wish more studios would be able to use that tech from uh, the Shadow of War, or the Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War games. The what is that tech called? The the thing that they have patented. The, oh the yeah, the Nemesis system. Nemesis. Right? That, that is pretty awesome. I wish that was. I wish that was more shared even within Warner Brothers because like the only ones that use it are Monolith. They're Monolith. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's correct. Um, and so, like, to hear—I mean, and like hearing like that technology is being shared by the coalition. Like, there's no real name you can put behind a lot of the stuff because a lot of it's implicit internal tech stuff. But hearing that they're sharing that stuff makes me really excited because we see a lot of cool. Like, you look at Gears Five, and there's really a lot of really cool visual tech under the hood, right? Like, there's a lot of really cool stuff. But that's Unreal Four. Imagine what they'll do with Five, and imagine what they'll do with like custom plugins and things that 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 because all these studios they make custom plugins and alterations to the to like unreal and stuff like that to make them work the best for them or like unity like moon studios their, their version of unity is actually they call it moonity um and, and like they have a bunch of custom changes to it so to hear that whatever uh the coalition's got cooking for unreal 5 to hear that all of that technology might be shared with like every other Unreal Studio at um, Microsoft, which is a lot of studios. There are a lot of studios at Microsoft that use Unreal. That's right? correct. Um, because like, I, I didn't even list them all. You know, like, like Obsidian will be using it for I'm both. Of pretty the, sure the Compulsion games. uses it as well. Yeah, that, that wouldn't shock me that Compulsion uses it, and Double Fine uses it too. Um, because and. And a lot of these games, uh, something that some people do need to realize is a lot of the games that we'll be getting up until like 2024 will be Unreal 5 games. And they'll use a lot of Unreal 5 features, but they're not going to be true Unreal 5 games. Because unlike past generations where the, the developers were kind of stuck on a version of Unreal, you can convert an Unreal 4 project to Unreal 5. So we're going we're gonna to see a gradual transition, which is very nice. But because they have all this tech sharing, we might get better features, maybe not native Unreal 5 features, but like stuff that was developed in-house for Unreal 5 as a, as a plugin. We, we might see some really cool Unreal 5 stuff coming to um, all of these games that, that are slated to come, and we might see it sooner. In Exile also uses Unreal 5, by the way. Or Unreal. I, should, I shouldn't say it's 5, because we don't know that they're all using 5. There's no reason they, should, they would be using 4 anymore, but... It, I, I don't like to say they're using five until I, I've heard them say it. Um, but yeah, in Exile, it also will be developing in Unreal. So like, they all use it, and it's so cool to hear that the Coalition, which is probably the best of them, maybe tied with Ninja Theory, um, are, are sharing their technology and how they achieve those things, and so that the other studios could achieve something equivalent or maybe even better because they're throwing their own stuff in, and then they go back and they're like, hey coalition we came up with this technique let's give it to you so that you can use this now and this is how we used it in combination and in tandem with what you gave us right and, and that's such a cool thing to, to see to hear happening that they uh that that's going on all right all right anybody else have anything uh to add about matt booty's comments uh shock mld um i'll just say it was very reassuring to see hear that these games are coming along nicely uh, he also mentioned how um yeah he did mention before how uh 
collaborate. That's where collaboration with other uh, outside studios is going to be, be more of a common thing. And there's yeah, it's just completely normal. And how Fable is progressing nicely. Uh, Perfect Dark is progressing nicely. And uh, but I, I think I'm personally also excited for uh, what Inexile is doing because I had such a great time with Wasteland Three. I think Fargo he has just a great grasp on on what old school RPGs should be about. I know Wasteland 3 isn't the most accessible game. People don't really like the XCOM style um, turn-based kind of combat. I mean, it's not the most accessible kind of genre, but for this, as far as story goes, choice goes, uh, Wasteland 3 was very, very, very good at, at what it did. And if they apply that to a, what, a high graphical fidelity Unreal Engine 5 uh, first-person game, um, ooh, I, I'm very excited for what they do next. They are more of the underdogs. People usually talk about Bethesda or Obsidian or RPGs, but these guys, the, they will make themselves known very soon if uh, well, once they show what they got cooking. Because uh, Matt Booty, he said that, yeah, I think of all the vertical slices, of all, I mean, of all the demos that he looks at from Xbox Studios, he says he was most impressed by this one, especially given how relatively small the team is and the kind of uh, effort they're putting forth. So I, I, I genuinely believed his enthusiasm. I, I know he's an executive. He's supposed to talk up his brand, but it did seem very genuine on what on the kind of work these guys are doing. So I, I'm excited. All right. Yeah, no, I'm very curious to see, especially, again, if it is uh, the rumored uh, steampunk kind of uh, first-person. I mean, I'm just assuming that's going to be first-person RPG and, like, a grander-scale world. Very, very curious to see how everything unfolds. Um, any other comments, guys, before we close out the show? Yes, no? All right. All right, guys, I think uh, on that note, gentlemen, uh, now's a good time to start rounding out tonight's show. And I got to say that uh, this is another fun one. Uh, we had a lot of really great... Uh, you know, back and forths here, a lot of great uh, opinions. And, uh, you know, again, we, you know, it's um, very nice to have uh, the, these kinds of conversations. Uh, we went over uh, new reports of Edas Montreal helping out with Fable, which, again, I hope that turns out as well. Phil Spencer dropping some interesting hints about things going forward with Xbox into 2023 and beyond, as well as Matt Booty's uh, comments. To everyone that tuned in tonight, guys, thanks for dropping by. And if you liked our chat tonight, then please consider dropping a like, sharing the show out, and of course, subbing to the channel, as we would love to have you stick around. And I really mean that, truthfully. Uh, next up, well, hey, you know the drill by now. Uh, we'll go over to the outros, uh, starting off with Crusader. Buddy, great talk tonight. Where can everybody follow you at? Oh, if you want to follow me after that tirade, I'm on, uh, I'm on Twitter. Um... <laughs> I should start listing them all out because I'm afraid Twitter will die. So Twitter, Mastodon, Instagram, and I'm making a Tumblr tonight just in case. Um, so you can find me all there, Crusader3456. It's the same icon on all of them. It shouldn't be too hard to spot me. Uh, I think on Mastodon, no, no, not on Mastodon. On, uh, on one of them, I had to have an underscore. I think it was Instagram. I had to have an underscore in between the name and the numbers. Um... But yeah, you know, it was fun. You can follow me on, and like, I'm on every gaming platform. Uh, although, uh, if anyone needs any Pokemon stuff, let me know. I'm 
currently working on my living taxes, and I have a lot of extra stuff, and I'm willing to trade to make my life easier. All right. So hit me up for that. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, anybody with uh, some Pokemon to trade, hit up uh, Crusader. Moving on here down the list, Centurion Pal. Hey, I thought you had some really great takes tonight as well, pal. And uh, again, great, healthy conversation overall. Where can all these fine people find you? Oh, yes, definitely, guys. It was a great conversation tonight. Uh, enjoyed everybody's input. Thank you to everybody in the chat for showing up tonight. Uh, for those interested in finding me, you can locate me at Centurion1307, Xbox Live, YouTube, and Twitter. I'm staying there. Um, and you can also find me right here every Sunday night on the TXR podcast. And you can also find me on Wednesday on Gaming Beyond the Box. Uh, but every time there's like a slow news week, uh, I know Wilmy's a very busy person, so he doesn't do the show uh, weekly at this point as far as I know. So, yeah, just keep your eyes peeled on Twitter for every time uh, you see that tweet, and you'll see me there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, and hey, I look forward to uh, seeing the show come back as well when we puts on a really good show with the rest of the crew. So uh, looking forward to that since you're in. Uh, moving on down here, Eric Shockley, buddy. Hey, I thought you had some really awesome insights yourself. Where can everybody find you? And Shockley, I don't know if you got your mic muted or what, but I'm just going to move on here to MLD, General MLD, pal. Hey, great show tonight as per usual. Where can all these fine folk find you? Oh, thank you. You guys can find me at MLD Ghost on Twitter. Gamer tag is Ghost MLD. Yeah, I know it was a lively chat, a lot of fun here, and looking forward to the next one. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. Shockley, you there, pal? Yeah, sorry. I clicked out for a second. <laughs> no problem. Um, but yeah, as always, you can find me at Shocknero on Twitter, Easy Shock on Xbox Live, but uh, good show tonight. Uh, good uh, on the uh, topics uh, that we had today. Um, but yeah, hopefully uh, see a turnaround next year. <laughs> Have some big, uh, big announcements or big uh, releases or at least all of those hits for next year. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, good show. Mm -hmm. No, agreed. Agreed. And of course, to round out the crew, I'm Invader. You can find my content at Invader Gaming on YouTube as well. Check me out the Bluebird app, Twitter at Invader underscore 1886. I'm also on a variety of other things. You're, you guys are more than welcome to check out down below in the description. As always, it was fun hanging out with the crew tonight, and we look forward to seeing you here on the next one. Guys, catch you later. <laughs>